Hi, and welcome to our PME. This is Saratoga Betts, Parshas Balaika Light, Manaira. Um, we're in a time this year of um, what looks to be great spiritual darkness in the world, uh, very great spiritual chaos. So it's a perfect time for the menorah to come along and illuminate the world. Obviously, everything's um, by divine providence, so there's no coincidence that it's, a, it's the time of of the menorah, and we can just say from from a, from the from the Torah point of view, we had Matan Torah, which changes everything. It creates a new heaven and a new earth, and then we had Tarshas Nasa, lifting up the heads of the Yidden. Really, I would say besides everything, empowering us to, to step into a whole new level, because when the Matan Torah means a gift, Matana, a gift. So here we have Shavuos, and we're given a gift from above. Okay, then what do you do about the need to be a vessel? So light is coming down from above. What do you do about the need to be a vessel for that kind of light? Well, then we come to Parshish Nasa, where the heads of the Jewish people are lifted up, and everybody's heads are lifted up. And as we said in Nasa, like everybody's mother would say, don't slouch. Stand up straight, hold your head up straight, and it lifts up your whole everything, your whole uh, immune system, and and lift, and you look taller, and you are taller and more regal, and all of that stuff. Um, so we become lifted up. Once we're lifted up, after we're given the Torah, now we're somewhat of a vessel to get that kind of a light. And then we walk into Balaiska, which is not just about illuminating, but a revolution in illumination. And we're going to see that every one of these parshias is speaking to exactly what's going on politically and socially now. So with that in mind, and, and, and sorry, one last disclaimer, since um, it's so chaotic, I, I don't, I can't imagine that if I would do an interview of 200 people that I know personally, um, that very many of them would say, oh, yeah, I'm loving, I'm just having such a great week. Life is so excellent. There were a lot, a lot of people during the quarantine that felt like they were doing better than ever. They, they felt, you know, we know, they felt the upgrade, so they felt they were doing better than ever. I doubt that with all the chaos in the world now, that there are a lot of people feeling like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm just feeling so good and life is good and I feel so focused and I'm accomplishing and I feel so warm and safe and cozy. I doubt it because that stuff that's happening on the streets is coming from a spiritual source. Thought to be. doesn't just happen. <laughs> it's too crazy to not be coming from a spiritual source. And anyway, everything does. So... You know, the spiritual source rains down on us, too, and we feel it. And uh, it's a, I think uh, for most people, a feeling of darkness or chaos or, you know, uh, you know. And, of course, it's all meant for it to be a positive chaos. It's officially called bittel in Hasidic language, which means everything that you're used to goes back to ground zero. And... Nothing is taken for granted anymore, and there's just a clearing out of all the stuff. So here we are, going to a clearing out of all the stuff. Yay! 
So once it's cleared out, look what we're going to come to, this incredible revolution. Okay. So it's based on, we're going to go for two minutes into um, just what Torah says here. Here we are, the Parsha of Parsha Stavaitra, and there are the two psukim that have inverted parentheses in front of them, Vayuhi bin Sarah Aaron, and, and the Pasuk after that, speaking about the traveling of the Aaron in the desert, in the Midbar, and then um, speaking about this Indian. Now, remember, we're talking about Torah traveling through a Midbar. Kind of a Midbar is sort of like a jungle type of atmosphere. Traveling through an uncivilized place. A midbar, a, uh, a desert is an uncivilized place. Um, um, okay, okay, so, um, sorry, going back to where we were, so, um, so, Oh, we so imagine this situation, an uncivilized, the outdoors where we are traveling through is very uncivilized. That's the desert. Well, right now we can relate to it because our streets are being uncivilized and they want to become more uncivilized. They don't want any more police protection. So these two psukim about the Torah traveling through this uncivilized territory constitutes a book of Sefer in themselves. And so, um, because of that, it turns out that even though it's called the five books of Moses, this makes it into seven. Because in the middle of one Parsha, you have a Sefer in itself, so that means you have Rashi, Shneis, Vayikra, Bamidbar, up until these two, this parentheses, then what's in the parentheses, that's six, and then what's after the parentheses, uh, sorry, what's after the parentheses, and then there's the verse. Comes out to seven. So, of course, the question is going to come up if there are three parts that are converging in one parsha, why is it Baalaisha? What is it about Baalaisha that makes all of this happen? Um, all of this is, good, is happening in that one place, in this one parsha. Because it's got, it's, it's got to be, it's got to be a Parsha that's so luminous or so revolutionary that um, it's something that we're completely not used to. There's got to be, you can't have a five books of Moses become seven books of Moses and three of the seven books of Moses are in that one Parsha. It's got to be something that has the key to light and darkness. And it really does. And it really has the answer to what's going on in the world these days. So what is it about this Parsha? Um, the beginning of the Parsha is that um, the, the Parsha should be called Bahadlakasha. It's called Balaisasaniris. When you, meaning, in English, when you light the candle. But that's not the Hebrew word for lighting. Lighting candles is not by the word Baalaisa. 
uh, it's the word bahad la when you when you when you when you light those candles. So there's something there that we don't understand. Rashi says the following. Why is that word used? That word is used for two reasons. And here's the revolution. The word is used because there, is a, there are two steps that Aaron Akrayan had to use to walk up to the Menaira. So, Balai said, you're going up to the Menaira. You have to go up the two steps. Okay, fine, not bad. What else? And here's the revolution. Rashi says, the way you have to light the Menaira is these famous words. Ad shitehe shalhedeth ayla me'aleha. Until the flame rises up by itself. This is the way you have to light the menorah. What does that mean? It's not good enough. See, as I'm speaking now, I hear helicopters overhead, so I was outside, so I have to come inside. And why are there helicopters overhead? Exactly relating to this parsha. So let's, again, picture yourself going up to a menorah and you're trying to light the menorah. You're trying to light a light. Okay. So there's a wick, there's oil, there's a container. You know, you have a cup, and you have some oil in it, and you have a wick. doesn't create light. There's no light there. So then you need to go up to it, and you need to take fire. Let's say in our case, use a match. You need to take fire, and you go with your fire over to that candle, and you light it. Okay. How long do you have to stay at the candle? Well, you can just you touch it to the wick, it catches, and then you're done. And you walk away. Okay? But then some of the time what you're going to notice is that the flame went out. It caught initially, but it doesn't have the wherewithal to continue by itself, so the flame may go out. So the way you have to do it is stay there long enough and do it well enough so that the flame rises up by itself. That's the difference, actually, physically, technically. Make sure that the when your wick, the wick catches, the flame goes up by itself. Meaning, it becomes independent. It no longer needs you. At the beginning, when it's not lit, it needs you. Later on, while you're standing there, it needs you less because it's already caught on fire. But at that point, it's very delicate. And if you walk away too soon, it may go out. The wind may blow on it, something like that. So it still needs you, but it needs you less. Then you stay there long enough so that it catches strongly enough that it no longer needs you, the illuminator, to illuminate it. Now it's independently luminous. How is that said? Rashi says, Ad Until the flame rises up by itself, of itself. If you picture this visual, who would ever have believed that a revolution would be created in the world through Torah from this public? But that's what the Lubavitcher ever did.
he took this pasuk, he takes this pasuk, and says, this is the basis of how we need to live life in this generation. As we go into Yemaisa Mashiach, it's no longer good enough for things to come from above. Everything and everybody has to become independent. Everybody has to become independently luminous. Otherwise, the whole thing won't work. And we see it. Not only does everybody have to become independently luminous, they want to. Nobody wants to be told what to do. Nobody, not even a two-year-old. Everybody says, okay, okay, all right, don't tell me what to do. Someone may even ask you, how much vitamin C do you take every day? And you might say, oh, yeah, I take this much. It's very important. You should take it too. And right away, they'll say, yeah, okay, fine. Either they'll say, okay, thank you, politely, and never do it. Or they'll actually tell you in your face, okay, don't tell me what to do, okay? So what is that? Everybody wants to be independent, and everybody wants to be an independent source of light. It's the revolution of the generation. It comes out of Tyra. So, um, and 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 it 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 takes somebody, it takes Mashiach himself to create this pasuk into a revolution. Now, if you look out on the street today. The interesting thing is, what do you see? You're seeing, of course, you're seeing real chaos. There are kernels of some truth somewhere in it, but it's the wrapping paper around the whole thing is so chaotic. That people have a need for justice, and people have a need for truth, and people have a need for independent illumination. Again, they it got mixed up with a lot of other stuff, that's not necessarily clean. But what are people saying on the streets? They're saying, of course, what Kirkeyava says is completely outrageous and insane. They're saying, let's get rid of the police. Okay. Well, then, who will control? Who, who will make sure there's law and order? Oh, the social workers will make sure there's law and order. Well, all right, that is the system that will be in Yemaisa Mashiach. We will be told what the rules are, and then our advisors will will bring us to the point where we want to do it. So we won't need police anymore. And you can see that there's a, a spiritual sensing, the nozzle of people's senses that we're we're they're tasting already the reality of Mashiach and saying we want it now. They're just they don't have the vessels for it, and of course at this point to get rid of the police <laughs> would be insane. But there's a kernel of a yearning for truth over there, and there's a kernel of a yearning for independent illumination. We have a message. We no longer want the authorities to tell us what to do. We no longer want the experts to say, I know, you don't know, I'm the teacher, you're the student, I have, I have the expertise, you don't have the expertise. I think I've often told this story that once I was sitting on a plane, there was a woman beside me with a huge dog um, sitting on the floor between us, and she told me that she was diagnosed with something very complex, and the doctors had no answers for her. So she did extensive research online, 
until she came up with what she believed would be possibly a very good solution to her medical problems. She called a lot of doctors and they said, yeah, you know, I'm the doctor, you're not, until she found one doctor in New York who said, interesting, because remember, she had the time to research, he didn't. He was working all day as a doctor. She was not. She was at home sitting there all day. So she had the time to research, and the doctor said, okay, I'm willing to try it. I hear you. Very interesting idea. I'm willing to try what you're suggesting. So she was on her way while she had the big dog. I can't remember. Maybe for sight. Not sure. She was on her way to New York to meet with this doctor who hopefully would try this cure, and hopefully would she would be healed. I, you know, I didn't come up, keep up contact with her, so I don't know. But that's the idea of independently luminous. We now are in a situation where who are the experts? Nobody wants to hear the experts anymore. He doesn't know and he doesn't know. I can look it up myself. I can. There's much information that's coming from the non-experts that's better than what the experts have. So this is that concept of that, this is a teeny bit of that concept of and um, and here it's, the, it's brought out in this sicha um, that here let's let's look at these words just a second shalhevis shalhevis before the the this light is. Before it's ready, you said it's a wick and it's a it's a cup with oil and a wick. And so, but what we want to do is not just make sure. Okay, so I'll light this little light. Um, we want it to be a very a very powerful light that that illuminates everything around. You become a source of influence, and not just a small light. A shell heaven. It's called a flam fire. A huge large light that has a bigger effect even than what the experts could have created. And Ayla means the Avaita. This is our this is our personal Avaita. We want to create everywhere we go, illuminate somebody else. Start, you know, take your fire, touch it to somebody else and illuminate them and illuminate them so much that they become a plum fire, a huge, enthusiastic source of influence. And not only that, um, when we're talking about eyelids going up, we're talking about something that doesn't just remain in place in one place, but is always moving higher and higher. So let's say if we're talking about our students, we want to create students that are constantly coming from a fresh place that are creating high, going higher and higher and higher. It's not like... I'll teach her, and now she can repeat what I said. It's not about repeating. It's not about teaching. It's about inspiring another person so that they take what they got from me, and I got that from somebody else who got that from somebody else who got that from and they run with it. It's like you can be in a taxi. Rabbi Rabbi, um, Feller always says, he sits in the back of the taxi, and... He asks the taxi driver, how are you today? And the taxi driver says, fine, thank you. And Rabbi Feller says, don't thank me, thank God. 
Now, hopefully that statement illuminated the other person to the extent that that taxi driver now takes that concept, does a whole blog post on it, does a whole series, does a whole bunch, goes around and inspires the world way beyond what Rabbi Feller is doing. In his own way, he goes to places and people that Rabbi Feller wouldn't get to. And he creates a revolution of his own that's beyond what the te- his teacher gave him. That is the order of the day, that the, that you want to inspire the next person in a way that they create a revolution bigger than what you even created yourself. So that they're constantly going higher. They create a slum fire. You create a, a huge fire of passion. And their, their, their um, fire, their flame goes higher and higher and higher, meaning they're not, they didn't just, okay, now you taught them the little thing, so they repeat the little thing. No. They're coming from a fresh place that's constantly moving. You created, you created a source of light that just keeps going and going and going, creating brand, brand, brand new light. And, and because there's one way of serving God, there's one way of living your life, you're kind of going in the same groove. You're doing well, but you're going in the same groove. And then there's another one which is, Completely different. You keep disconnecting from your old level, and that one's gone. And you jump to something brand new. And then after you're there for a bit, you disconnect from that, and you jump to something higher than that. And you keep disconnecting, so the old one is gone. You're always doing it from a brand new, fresh source. And the third word of this, means... From itself, the fire, this wick that you put a match to, that you put fire to, should become, create a strong fire that's constantly going up, me'aleha, from within itself. That its own nature now becomes luminous. So, you can have the taxi driver that was really into you know, fine, thank you. Standard answer. How are you? Fine, thank you. How are you? Fine, thank you. How are you? Fine, thank you. Uh, for years, decades. And then somebody comes along and says, don't thank me, thank God. And maybe it creates a, re- and it's done in such a way, the energy, the energy in it, not the words, not like you're a good speaker and you know how to convince people. No, because that's not, that's, that's very external. The energy, let's say, with which you say it to them, which is a very pure inward energy and a very sincere, pure inward energy, today has the ability to affect people in such a deep way that their energy is ignited and their own beinghood, their own nature totally changes. So the same guy who was like, fine, thank you, fine, thank you, fine, thank you, fine, for, for, for years, has a revolution in his mind. Don't thank me, thank God. And so his very nature becomes someone who is going around the world bringing this out to people. Don't thank me, thank God. Me'aleh, from within himself. And so, um, and so, one other condition is needed here, that all the conditions so that this candle should light is 
you have to, as we said, you have to have the wick that has to be ready. You have to have those people out there in the world that you speak to, they need to be ready to receive your light. As it says in the, in the mission of the Gemara and in our way of serving God, that we need to be ready in ourselves. Let's say if we want the light to come and illuminate us, we need to make the wick, our wick ready. So imagine that. We say, well, you know, I've kind of been living my life in kind of a pretty stale way. I want that illumination. Let's say sometimes you meet up with people and you feel like, wow, their energy is really different from everybody else. Everybody else is a, you know, they've got standard, you know, little sayings. They say all their stuff and you know what they're going to say and they have all their standard reactions and everything. That's most of the world. You know, they have all their political views and their social views. And then sometimes you'll meet a person that they just, their energy is different. It's just fresh. It's just fresh energy. So, and you feel like, I want their illumination. I don't know, whatever they have, I want that. So what do you need to do? So first of all, you have to have the vessel for it and the oil that's ready to, to, to light. But you have to have that wick which is protruding out of the oil. It's protruding out. It's like sending out feelers to the world because the wick is that long string that is kind of sending out feelers. Anybody have any fire? Here I am. Here I am a wick. Right? It's sending out its feelers to the world. And so it, it, it wants to be illuminated. So we need to be that. We need to be... We need to be living in the mode of a wick connected to oil. A wick by itself is useless because, you ever try it? Take a wick. It's like when you're trying to make a um, a campfire and all you have, all of the wood is wet. So that one's not going to work. But then you have a bunch of newspapers. So you light the newspaper. Amazing! You got the fire going for about three minutes. You get this bright light. And then all of the newspaper got burned up. You're done. It's not connected to anything. So the same thing. A wick. Let's say you just have a, have a wick, a very long wick. You put a match to it. It shines. It lights. It's, it's on fire. Yay! Except it burns out pretty quickly. It's not connected to anything. Or the other thing is you have oil. But how, what are you supposed to do? Put a match to oil? It's going to, you know, it's not so safe. Like you can't just hold a match to oil. I, you know, imagine you take a metal cup and it's full of oil. I don't know. I don't think it's going to work. I mean, I'm not such a big expert. Obviously not. Otherwise, candles would not have a wick. You need this wick that's protruding out, looking this way and that way, like, like a sunflower. You know, it's turning this way and that way with a long stem saying, I'm here. I'm here, sunshine, come on, over here. We need this wick in life to be able to look for opportunities to get illumination wherever we are. That's what we need. The wick is a huge part, but only if it's connected. Only if it's connected to the oil and only if the oil is in a vessel, in a cup. Because otherwise, again, so you'll have a little bit of oil you know, on a napkin or whatever it is, or, you know, oil spilled on the counter, and there's a wick, and it will work for a while, for about a minute. 
but there's nothing to contain it. So these three elements are huge. And who would have who would have ever believed that this little visual would become a revolution? The world is now at a point where everybody wants to be independently limited. How do you see it? You see it in a million ways. Um, you know, when I read stories of you know, two, three, four hundred years ago, a thousand years ago, let's say Jewish communities and the simple people in those communities. You were simple. You were simple. The only way that people could excel to sort of to stand out and, and make a mark other than their simple life was Kiddush Hashem, was, you know, usually to give their life all Kiddush Hashem. There wasn't much of another way. These were ordinary people, and they all they they came and went, and they lived simple lives. Yes, somebody writes a book about them. Fine. Today, the simple person, the simplest people, write on their social media. They don't call me America's foremost nutrition expert for nothing. Go to foremostnutritionexpert.com, <laughs> and and. I don't know. Are they or are they not? I don't know. It's a Mr. Nobody. Mrs. Nobody. It's a very simple person. But today we have wicks out there. We have the ability to go out and be luminous in the world way beyond the, the kind of oil that you have. You know, you may be simple oil, but this wick enables you to do unbelievable things. This wick enables you to have your own website. <laughs> Believe me, I'm the expert in this. You may know what you're talking about. You may not know what you're talking about. You're, you create a company. You become the CEO. You have your own website. You do your own social media uh, promoting, et cetera, et cetera. You have a big influence out there, and you're a simple person, the same kind of simple person as Yanko the Shoemaker a 1,000 years ago or 500 years ago, but Yanko the Shoemaker could never have that kind of influence. He didn't have that kind of wick that was, out there protruding into the world from his oil, looking for opportunities to 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 spread his illumination. He didn't have those possibilities. The same thing, the young woman with the dog on the airplane. She didn't have that opportunity to call up doctors all across the United States and say, I have the remedy for this and this disease. Do you want to hear about it? I'm willing to fly out to your city. Until somebody finally said yes. In the olden days, nobody had the ability to write a book and go around to 150 publishing companies until somebody finally accepted it and maybe become the most famous, you know, Amazon bestseller for whatever amount of time and create a revolution in the world. Nobody could do that. And now that's entirely possible because we live in the generation of until the, until the flame rises up by itself. And the last thing I want to say on this is not only is it possible, nobody will, is willing to live life on any other, on any other level. The craving of the world to be independently luminous matches the amount of kayak, matches this revolution. In other words, it would be one thing if God creates this revolution so that everything can be independently luminous, but nobody wants it. So then it's not going to work. But people seem to want it even more than it's possible. 
And so the two, that means what's coming from above and what's coming from below are thinking up. So where do we fit in? We fit in in, in making sure that the, the illumination that we, the flame that we hold to their wick is coming from a very pure place. Because we're going to start them off with a pure energy. And then once we start them off with that pure energy, they're going to take the ball and run. And hopefully run with that pure energy. So to sum up all of this, we're, we're on to a new world order, which is illuminating a deep inner flame that now exists within each individual and maybe throughout history it was there, but it was so deeply, in, deeply latent and deeply, deeply embedded that nobody had access to it. Nobody knew how they could. No, nobody knew really how they could um, access it, and, and nobody knew how to inspire it in somebody else. And the difference in this generation is that that independent illumination is right there close to the surface and is begging to be illuminated. And there is no other way. We cannot go back to, you know, I'll be luminous and you won't. Everybody needs to be illuminated. Everybody's deep inner desire is to is to be luminous and to become a source of influence. And 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 probably because it's so close to the surface with everybody. So probably because it's it's so close to the surface with everybody. So um, therefore, people feel like I have no choice but to become an independent source of illumination. So may we all step into that role of um, lighting the lights, being lamplighters who create lamplighters who create lamplighters who create lamplighters, lamp 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 so that we should find ourselves in the dilemma to especially now.